episode. I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things, and that is Sarah J. Mass's books. I've done a video explaining what to read first, how to read Sarah J. Mass's books, the order that I think you should read them in. Um, but recently, I have spent from March until basically now um, rereading all 15 of her books in preparation for her 16th book coming out at the end of January in 2024. So I have a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts, a lot of new ideas that I didn't have before reading those books for the first time. And so I wanted to make this video kind of talking about my experience, what I read when, and kind of, yeah, just expand on exactly what I did in case anyone else is interested in doing the same thing. So let's get right into it. First, I want to share what I'm currently reading at the moment, and I'm still working on A Day of Fallen Night by Samantha Shannon. I've been on vacation, um, and I just need to finish that, but I've been reading on my Kindle, I've been reading The Right Move by, let me see, by Liz Tomford. And this is the second book in a series. The series name is called the Windy City series. The first book was Mile High. And it was about a hockey player and a flight attendant and their little romance. And so this book is about the flight attendant's brother. He is a famous basketball player and the flight attendant's best friend. So that's kind of like, oh, my like my friend's brother, my best friend's brother trope. So I'm excited to read that. I think this will be such a cute one. I've heard many good things about this book. And you know, I I need a I need a good wholesome romance book to read after the trauma I endured from the last two romance books that I tried to get through. But yeah, so that's what I'm currently reading. And now we're going to get into Sarah J. Mass. So there's this whole, by the way, before I even start saying anything, this is going to be massive, massive Sarah J. Mass universe, massiverse, if you may. Um, spoilers. So if you have not read all of the books and you want to read all of the books, don't listen to this episode because I am going to spoil it all for you. But if you don't care, if you have read it, them all, then I invite you to stay and, you know, just listen and enjoy. So, okay. You, the, the reason why this reading timeline came out was obviously with the end of House of Sky and Breath and Bryce, the main character, falling into... She fell into Valeris after she made that portal and she was trying to get to the Princess of Hell, but instead she fell into 
the Court of Thorns and Roses world. And she meets the inner circle. And the very last sentence of that book was, Hello, Bryce Quinlan. My name is Recent. And the book just ends. And we don't aren't going to be able to know what's going on until the end of January. And, you know, that is like, that's a criminal offense, Sarah J. Mass, having us wait so freaking long to find out what happens next. But whatever. So after that happens, you know, obviously now it's confirmed, confirms that all of these worlds are connected together. And Sarah, the Sarah J. Mass, she talks about the, um, how she kind of thinks of these worlds, not as like a multiverse like Marvel is, but like that they're stacked on top of each other just one world after another and they're kind of in these different dimensions and um so yeah basically all three worlds that she has made up are connected to each other and because now they are connected and now that two worlds are together having to fight you know, Bryce is going for help. She's trying to find help to save her world, to save her mate. And she runs into Reesan. And I feel like who better to run into than the High Lord of the Night Court and his inner circle? They have had some years of peace. We haven't been able to see a lot of Nesta and what she can do, especially after a court of silver flames there's still a lot of unknown things about her and there's also a lot of unknown things about elaine as well and so i feel like this next book can start the the jumping point for either elaine to get her own book or for elaine's storyline to kind of start here and then eventually get her own book um but the question is is if Aelin and her crew are going to end up fighting in this war as well because the thing that Bryce is trying to save her world from is the Astri. And the Astri, their whole thing is that they are conquerors of worlds and they pretty much, their, like, their sustenance, the way they get nutrients, their survival depends on literally like sucking these worlds dry of their magic and kind of leaving these worlds in ruin. And then they just move on to the next world and do the same thing again. And it's hinted in the book that maybe they did try to go to and they failed there because of the phase intelligence so then they had to abandon that and then move to the next world and so that's why their world was spared and there's lots of talk about if Aelin and her crew are going to end up fighting in this war or, t- or to come aid Bryce with the Astri because their world is going to be threatened next and there's a lot of theories going on right now But I wanted to talk about my reading experience, not necessarily about the theories, because I don't know a lot of the theories. And truthfully, I don't like hearing the theories because I feel like 
what if I have this really great theory that I have been loving and following and then that's not where the book goes and then I feel disappointed with the book like I would rather just go in blind and just like appreciate the story and what Sarah does than you know like being disappointed that what I thought should happen didn't happen when really like you know Sarah's the creator of this whole universe you know this is all from her brain so I should just trust her that you know she knows best about her books you know what I mean so because of this whole you know thing going on now they need each other's helps now the worlds are connected there's a new order in which to read the books and it's called like the massiverse order and that's what I did I read the books in that order and I have some friends and my sister are reading some of the books right now and what I told them was I'm just reading it in publication order you know like oh she wrote these three books of this series and then wrote this one of this series and then I kind of flip-flopped back and forth about publication dates when really no I'm getting the tea I'm getting the whole tea I'm seeing the foreshadowing little threads little golden strands connecting here to there to there and I'm reading them in Massiverse order to be able to go into House of Flame and Shadow completely prepared for whatever emotional discourse is going to happen. So the first book, of course, is Throne of Glass. I read that first and then I read Crown of Midnight second and then I read the assassin's blade which is the prequel to the series but in my opinion you should read that third in the series because that to me that is just the correct way like I don't I don't know what other people's opinions like people's opinions they need to read the assassin's blade um third but because of the publication I'm pretty sure that is publication order even. So yeah, it fits right along in there. Just shove it in there second. So Throne of Glass, Crown of Midnight, The Assassin's Blade. And then I read Air of Fire. And then I stopped there and I read A Court of Thorns and Roses. This was my third time reading A Court of Thorns and Roses. And... Um, I did not get tired of it at all. Like, I know now it is, like, ingrained in my brain what happens in that book. And I love A Court of Thorns and Roses. That will always be my favorite. And then after A Court of Thorns and Roses, you go back to Throne of Glass and read Queen of Shadows. This is the fourth book chronologically, but fifth book you read in the series. And the sixth book you read overall that is not confusing at all so yeah anyways and then you read my favorite book a court of mist and fury this is the second book in the a court of thorns and roses series and the seventh book you read overall and then you do do read the tandem read with Empire of Storms and Tower of Dawn. 
I highly, highly recommend reading these two books in tandem together. And there's a guide online that will tell you which chapters to read and when. It'll say like, okay, read chapter one, two, three, four, five of Empire of Storms, and then read the first two chapters of Tower of Dawn, and then you go read Empire of Dawn. Like there is a a guide on how to read those books and what to read when. And, oh, that's way too much. Oh my gosh. But when you're this far into the story, you are going to do it anyway. And if you read... I guarantee you, if you read Empire of Storm, find out what happens at the end. You get to the end, you're freaking out, you're having a mental breakdown because of what happens, and then you have to, you think, I can't just read the next book, I have to go back and read the entire book of Tower of Dawn before I can move on and find out what happens, because Empire of Storms and Tower of Dawn happen at the same time. Like, some characters are here doing this in Empire of Storms, and then at the same time, and some other characters are over there doing those things at the same time. And it's two separate stories that are happening at the same time, and that's what's going on. And then they, like, you know, at the end, then they meet up again, and things progress into the last book. But if you don't, if you don't do the tandem read, then you have to go back and read Tower of Dawn, But even if you are like, well, I'll just read Tower of Dawn first and then Empire of Storms and then I can just read the last book in the series. You don't want to do that either because Tower of Dawn spoils, like the ending of Tower of Dawn kind of spoil Empire of Storms because publication order does say to read Empire of Storms first and then Tower of Dawn. But if you've, okay, let's say... This is for my first-time readers. If you're reading this book for a second time, you know exactly what happens. At the end of Empire of Storms, when Aelin is trying to get Maeve away from all of her little court mates, and she's trying to get Manon away from there, she's trying to get Alid away. Alid is really who she's trying to protect. And Lorcan betrays Aelin, and brings me Maeve to where Aelin is fighting. And while Rowan is distracted over here, Rowan and Adian and Dorian, they're all distracted over here. This is what's going on with Aelin. And so Aelin voluntarily to save Alid and to save Manon and to get the word key away from Maeve, she decides to go with her to Dorinel. And Maeve puts... Aelin in the lead box with the lead mask so she can't use her powers and she gets taken to Dorinel and when Rowan finds out he is distraught he says where is my wife where is she and everyone is like oh no because they got married in secret and didn't tell anyone so that Aelin could give Terrison a king oh my goodness it's so good and now Aelin's lost the queen of Terrison is lost but no one knows except for the few people who do everyone else doesn't know that this happened they don't know that Aelin has been taken because Lysandra with her shape-shifting powers can 
she shapeshifts herself to look like Aelin and they just kind of go on with the story you know you they can't lose hope that their queen has been stolen so the Aelin and Lysandra came up with this plan to lie while Aelin does whatever she needs to do Lysandra will pretend to be her and then we'll see what happens so then all of that happens at the very end of the book you don't want to go back and have to read Tower of Dawn because to be honest it's not as interesting as Empire of Storms and while I do love Tower of Dawn we get to see Kale heal from his trauma heal from his a lot of his childhood trauma his recent trauma he's trying to learn how to walk again Irene is trying to heal her own self stuff with the help of Kale and she has been tasked to heal his legs and then Nezrin and Felique trying to find the truth about what is really going on and trying to get the southern continent to help Terrison in their fight against Erewhon and Maeve and then they learn the truth about what Maeve is I keep saying Maeve and then Maeve I think it's just Maeve I don't know my mind says it weird but Maeve you know how she's actually a Val queen who's been hiding and anyways yeah so the you I don't know do what you want but I recommend reading them together because then you get two books done at once and that's that is you know getting books read that's the main goal so after you finish reading these two amazing masterpieces you go back and you read A Court of Wings and Ruin and then you also read A Court of Frost and Starlight and these are still like it's so funny that um Sarah J Mass was writing these like very action intense like war scenes in like multiple series at one time and then she comes out with A Court of Frost and Starlight which is just like a little Hallmark Christmas tale pretty much and I feel like that was like a good mental break for her it's a good mental break for everyone here because after the events that happen in Empire of Storms, Tower of Dawn, A Court of Wings and Ruin, you kind of need a little palate cleanser, like, is anything going to go correctly? Like, now you get to see Reese and Feyre and the Inner Circle living their best life in A Court of Frost and Starlight and just having a good old, like, you know, Christmas special. So it was very nice, and it also sets it up nicely for... A Court of Silver Flames, which is about Nesta and Cassian. Um, so then after you finish A Court of Frost and Starlight, you go into Kingdom of Ash and you read the last book in the Throne of Glass series. Even though this book is almost 1,000 pages long, which is the longest book I've ever read, it still doesn't seem like enough. Like, if I could get more in this world how much like I I will pay I will pay I will pay to read more I will pay to know what Lorcan did I will pay to just get short stories about Elite and Lorcan about Manon and King Dorian I would love to know 
what happens after the story is over. I just, I want more of Aelin and Rowan being happy and, and in peace after this big war. I want to know how Adian and Lysandra, like, finally come together. I just want to know more. But it was amazing, and it was just an amazing epic finale to this amazing epic book series and i love kingdom of ash and i always will and i will die on that hill and everyone should read this book series so then after we finish kingdom of ash we go right into house of earth and blood the first crescent city book and here we're introduced to a new world to new characters and to a new magic system to how do things now work differently and at this point in the in sarah j mass's like mind in the timeline um a house of earth and blood came out in 2020 by this time she knows what she's going to do with the rest of the series she knows that she's going to bring the series in a court of thorns and roses together and that's as far as we know we don't know if throne of glass is going to be thrown in there but by this point she has to know anyways sarah j mass got inspired by zootopia from disney um when she wrote house of earth and blood and you can see the similarities between the disney movie and this book which i think is very interesting that like that kind of sparked this idea just goes to show you like anything can be you know the starting point for a great new way of you know for something great to start happening so now we have Bryce and she and Hunt are trying to find like the Crystalos demons and they're trying to figure out what this like synth drug is and how this pertains to Danica, what Bryce's best friend Danica, what she was hiding before she died, and all of the secrets that Danica was keeping from Bryce. Now Bryce has to figure out, man, it just would have been easier if Danica wasn't such a bad friend. But that is a controversial opinion. So after you finish House of Earth and Blood, you go back and you read the last book of the Court of Thorns and Roses series. For now, um, A Court of Silver Flames. A Court of Silver Flames. Goodness. And this one is where the point of views change. And now we are reading in Nesta and Cassian's point of view. This is the first time that she's done this in A Court of Thorns and Roses. She kind of did it a little bit at the end of A Court of Mist and Fury where we had a recent point of view chapter but that was at the very end of the book and his chapter was like two pages long um but ever since then it's always been in favor's point of view and it's always been in the first person where it's like I did this I felt this whereas um A Court of Silver Flames is Nesta and Cassian's point of view and it is in a third person point of view so Nesta did this then she said that Cassian did that and he said this whatever so yeah um but reading it again I kind of am starting to see 
the way that the stories are going to connect. And I really hope that Nesta, her character, gets flushed out a little more. I feel like, you know, we got to see a full flush with Feyre because obviously we get two through four books in her point of view mainly. And, you know, we get to see all of her feelings and how where she comes from and how she heals. And with Nesta, we get one book and it's split up between her and Cassian. And I would love more of Nesta, honestly. I feel like her character arc was amazing. I feel like the way she kind of comes into herself, her character building, and her just healing from her trauma um, was a very well done, and I would love to see more of that, but we'll see. And then after Court of Silver Flames, you finish off with Crescent City, House of Sky, and Breath, and then you get more of Bryce and Hunt and what's going on there and how this whole thing that they thought was just some like revenge on the pack of the pack of devils with Danica and her wolf pack is not just revenge and is only barely even scratching the surface of what is actually going on and now Bryce and her friends are stuck in this big like earth shattering world multiple world shattering secret that now they know now we know and it is crazy and I cannot wait to find out what happens and how everything is going to pull together like it's just insane like she could just keep writing books forever and I would honestly read her. I will read her until I'm 80 years old. I know she probably won't be alive anymore when I'm 80, but I will keep reading and reading and reading. And then when she passes away, I hope there's like some manuscript or something so that we can still get more of her. I'll be her ghostwriter. I'll do it. But yeah, so that's that's what I read them in. And I feel like the she's just she's doing this thing where she's pulling three worlds together she's making it into one story and I feel like this is all background for what she's planning to do in the future I don't know how many books she's planning to write after this and how many like books she's going to drag this out for but I do I have heard that there will be at least three more books um, and one of them is going to be another Akatar book. So that is really exciting. I'm very excited to keep reading in the Akatar sense. I just want to know like what happens with Elaine and Azrael and Gwen and Emery. There's a whole lot of um, theories and stuff and I just I am excited to see what happens. Is Tamlin going to get a redemption arc? I don't know. Does he deserve one? I don't know, to be honest. Honestly, Tamlin is old news. Let's forget about him. I want to see Elaine in her villain era. I want her to be the villain of the story. That would be so interesting to be able to see. 
But anyways, regardless, thank you all for listening to today's episode. If you want to do a Massiverse readathon, then I say go for it. And if you need help or inspiration or motivation, whatever, let a girl know because it was definitely worth it to read them again and to just kind of like, okay, like anything that I was confused on, I'm not confused anymore. So yeah, I definitely recommend reading it if you've read it before just to get ready for A House of Flame and Shadow. Also, that's what they call Aelin in one of the books, the Queen of Flame and Shadow. And also, um, Flame and Shadow, um, Nesta and Asriel, Aelin and Asriel, Asriel's Shadow. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. Anyways, thank you all for listening, coming to my library, and I will see you all next week. Bye!